morning, everybody. And Stephen's right. Man, our band was awesome. And I want to give a big shout-out to Will for helping us out. As everybody noticed, Josh isn't with us today. Thank you very much. <clears throat> and we're happy to have your family here also, you know. You know, you guys are awesome. I, was, I got up this morning, and look at Chelsea. She's like, I know. <laughs> I got up this morning, I mean, I was just had an excitement. You know, to come and have the opportunity to stand before you, you know. I thank God daily that when my prayer time, when I talk with him, for the opportunity to pastor you guys. I mean, that is it's such an honor. It really is an honor. And I'm very, I feel very privileged to do it. And, you know, you guys are so genuine and we have such a tight-knit family. And, and I love that. I love that. So, you know, give yourselves a pat on the back because you guys are awesome. And actually, you guys are what makes the church what it is. I mean, you're the guys, you're the ones volunteering. You're the ones that are, are taking care of needs that need to be met, taking care of the children, so forth and so on. So, anyway, I just say that I want, I'm honored to, to have the opportunity to lead you. And thank you for being here. Another rainy Sunday. Guys, do you realize that we've had, since we started, we've had six yeah, thank you, Miranda. Six rainy Sundays, you know. And I say this every time. We looked at this building. We thought, oh, man, there's no parking lot. And Stephen said, how many times does it rain on Sunday? Well, apparently six times. I mean, goodness gracious. That's all right. Well, thank you all for persevering, hanging in there, and, you know, putting that extra effort in. You know, we talked about, as we've been, you know, we've been laying a foundation since we started. And we talked about sometimes in, 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 in our spiritual walk, in our Christian walk, sometimes we just got to press in. You know, you got to press in even when you don't feel like it. You know, you got to count it all joy even when you're not happy. Even when you don't, everything's looking like it's falling apart. You know what? You're standing in faith. You're standing on the promises of the Word of God. And you're believing God that He's going to bring you through it. And sometimes you just got to praise Him through it. Uh, praise Him to the victory. You know, that's kind of what we're doing. And laying the whole foundation off, we started out with, you know, eight steps to understanding the will of God for your life. All right? I'm just going to go over it just in a nutshell right, really quick. We did that because I need you guys to understand your call. Everybody in this room is called. Now, you may not necessarily be called to full-time ministry. Come on. Some of you are thinking, thank you. <laughs> but apparently Tucker feels to have a call on his life because he's going to go to Rama Bible College. Thank you very much. Graduated in 2008. Loved it very much. Changed my life. It will change yours. But everybody's called. All right. Now, what does that mean? I mean, everybody in here, if you think about it, you have a realm of influence. It can be your job. Look, it can be your, the convenience store. You stop every day to get gas, but you have a realm of influence. So you're all called within your realm of influence, and we're all called to advance the kingdom of God. See, I can't do it alone. All right? uh, Chelsea can't do it alone. Not any one person can do it alone, but as a group, as a unified church body, and not just this church. I'm talking about the church. The church, all Christianity. All right? That's how we can change a world. That's how we can make a difference. But we're all called to that. And, then, of course, that led into understanding the power that we walk in. We understand the power in our praise, releasing our praise when we're dealing with situations that are hard and, you know, standing in faith and believing God. We praise him for the victory. All right? That led into the power of your prayer. All right, But one of the main things I want to point out in the, know, the steps to knowing the will of God for your life is you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. All right, you, Without a relationship, there's nothing. All right, And that relationship comes from spending time in the Word. All right, So many things that we teach on here 
are all based on how you learn how to incorporate the things that are in your Bible in your everyday life, all right? You can know this word for word, verse by verse, but if you do not know how to practically operate this, use this in your day-to-day living, you have nothing, all right? You just have some knowledge. So you've got to have that relationship, all right? And that relationship with Jesus Christ comes with spending time in the Word. And not just spending time in the Word, you've got to understand when He's speaking to you. Understand His voice. Now, look, I'm not talking about an audible voice, you know. The number one way God speaks to people is through His Word of God, all right? He'll get that little inward witness. Think of it like your conscious, you know. You know when something's right or wrong. That little inward voice, all right? That's how God speaks to you and speaks to you primarily through his word. He'll steer you to something. You have a question or a prayer. He'll steer you, steer you to some scriptures to stand on, to some scriptures that will answer your prayer, all right? He'll give you an answer or understand how to stand and believe. So the point is the, your relationship is vitally important, all right? And I think I've said that probably like oh, 500 times since we started this, but it's very important. I want you to understand that. And I know a lot of people, especially in this technology age, we don't like to take the time to read our Bibles. We don't, we, you know, and there's always the mindset that I've got it on my phone. All right? And look, I have one on my phone. I have one on my tablet. Look, I use all the technology, but I love my Bible. I love, I love my paper because I can hold it. You know, I can make notes in it, and I understand you can do all that also on there too. But there's something about having it right there, carrying it with you. You know, in taking, it's, it's mine. It's personal. It becomes personal. See, when you make it personal to you, it's hard to make just an app personal because you can change it 500 times because there's 10,000 apps. All right? So that's personal. I have notes. I literally have notes that came from my grandmother's Bible. It's really cool. So anyway, all that being said, the, your relationship is very important. All right? And it starts with spending time in the Word of God. All right? So you can cultivate that relationship so you can understand when God's telling you to do something. Because, look, if you don't understand when he's telling you to move, how will you know what to do? All right? When you're stuck in a tough situation and you're praying things through and you're praying for God to answer your prayer, you're waiting on an answer. So in order to get the answer, you've got to understand when he's telling you to move. Amen? Now, of course, that leads us to today. We've laid all that foundation out because, you know, you've got to have a good foundation to start on. And today that leads us to the next step, and that is the power of your words. You ever think about that? You think about the crazy things that we say? Come on, I'm dying to have an ice cream cone. Really? Are you really? I mean, come on, why would you say that? I mean, we all do it. I'm guilty too. You know, think about it, you know. And as a parent, you know, I, I, I was helping a, a gentleman out the other day, and he was having some issues with his teenage son. And they were obviously arguing, very obvious. And I'm just sitting in the background, and he just he just yells at his son, "You're you're never gonna amount to anything." In some other foul language, but <laughs> why would you say that to your son? Why would you confess that over your son? I mean, don't do that. You know, don't think about. I mean, don't go around speaking just crazy, silly words that mean absolutely nothing. And remember this: there is power in your words. I know that's kind of, that's, that's, maybe you don't hear that a lot, but there is power in your words, all right? So remember this, if you're going to succeed in this life, if you're going to succeed, and if you're going to win, and you're going to walk in the perfect will of God for your life, all right, 
the, one of the main things you got to do is you got to watch your mouth, right? <laughs> you got to watch your mouth. That sounds a little harsh, and I don't mean it harsh at all. I mean, you know, but sometimes we just got to be aware of what we're saying. You know, we need to be speaking words of life, speaking words of faith, all right? Speaking words of love, words that edify. Remember, we discussed you, things that come from the enemy tear down, bring death, bring destruction, all right? Things from God bring life, bring, bring blessing, all right? Bring faith, love, joy, peace. Come on, it goes on. Amen. Amen. So that being said, in order, in order to do that and to walk into the, your perfect will that God, God has for your life, you've got to learn to do one thing. Watch your mouth, and you've got to learn to know that the words that you're speaking line up with the Word of God. All right? They line up with the Word of God. Now, look, that goes back to understanding your relationship and spending time in your Bible. All right? You have to do that. Because otherwise you don't know what the Word of God says. So how can your words line up? All right? So it all ties together. Amen? So we're going to start out today. We're going to look at Proverbs 18. And, and I'm going to look at 18 verse 21. Now there is a lot of scripture in the Bible that talks about the power of your words. There's a lot of them. But I love this one just because it's, uh, it's kind of to the point. And I'm kind of a to the point type guy. But, uh, and let me, just, let me just say something really quick about the script. When... Scripture. So I know a lot of you have been in church for a long time. Some of you may not, but some of you have. And that's great. And a lot of times what happens when you've been in church for a while, you have a tendency when the pastor calls out a scripture or whatever, you have a tendency to say, I know that. So there's no need for me to look it up. I know that. I know that scripture. I've read it a thousand times. I know that scripture. But let me, let me, let me caution you against that. Because this is life. This word, God's word is life. All right? All right, and there has to be an excitement in you. I have this excitement. I love the things of God, anything of God. I love the Word of God. I love reading the God Word. I love, I love preparing messages. Come on, this is why I accepted the call. It was on my life. But I want that excitement in you. All right, and if you don't have that excitement over the, energy, over the Word of God when it's, when it's put out there, I mean, you should come to church so prayed up, so exciting, expecting God to speak to you when you come in the door, knowing that when you, when you leave, the struggles that you've dealt with for the past, those are in the past, and then God's got answered prayers, and He is going to stand up here, speak through me, and speak to you. You see, that excitement, it's got to be in you. It's got to be in you. And see, it's got to be real in you. All right? It's got to be real, and you've got to want it. You know, you ever wonder how you can walk in a church, and you can, and you can thank you, man, and you can sense, you can sense. You know, you walk in, and you're like, that's it, that church is dead. There's no life there. It's because that energy's not there, and that energy comes from you. It comes from your earnestly wanting God to speak to you, earnestly looking for God to speak to you, and expecting and standing in faith and knowing that God will speak to you. Amen. Anyway, so I don't care if you've read the if you've read this verse five thousand times. Look, know that God's going to speak to you today. He's going to show you something again when you read it again. Amen. Amen. So don't ever just take it. Don't ever just take it to the I know this, and I'm guilty of this. I've been I've done it. I don't know how many times. All right. So I'm speaking to myself on this one also. That's kind of why I, when I took a little sideways no, detour there. But Proverbs eighteen says, "The tongue has the power of life and death." And those who love it will eat its fruit. Come on, that's kind of short to the point. Power of life and death. Man, that's kind of cool. Life and death. In your words. In your words. In what you speak. All right? So basically, words are like little grenades. All right? 
Now, if you're ticked off and you're mad, come on, and you're going to throw out some grenades, you're going to throw out some words, what are you going They're going to be filled with what? They're going to be filled with destruction. They're going to be filled with death. They're going to be filled with, with, with defeat. Come on. They're going to be thrown out there deliberately intended to tear apart. Come on. Or, on the other hand, words can be filled with love, joy, peace, blessing, faith. Come on. Come on. You've got to be intentional. They're containers. And when you throw them out there, when you release them, you're releasing power. Amen? Amen. You're releasing power. And look, words, they can either curse or bless, discourage or encourage, tear us down or build us up, and it's up to you. You choose what you're speaking or what you're confessing over your life. Amen? Amen. I mean, think about it like this. The words you hear, and a lot of times I don't think we ever realize how much power is in the words. But think about it, like in the morning, when you, before you leave the house, you know, depending on the atmosphere in your house, the words that you hear before you step foot, I mean, that sets the pace for the day. Come on, think about it. That sets the pace. That either, if you hear, you know, horrible, horrible words, whatever that may be, that either sets you out to go out here and either succeed it, everything that the enemy throws against you, or that sets you to go out there and you walk around and feel like that you're, everything has been robbed. All of your joy is gone. It sets you up for defeat. And know that the enemy's going to try to stop you. This is why things are coming against you, coming against you. No, and he wants to keep you beat back. He wants to keep you beat down. And it starts with your words in the morning. You know, so you think about it, words that are filled with love and compassion. Think about that. Love and compassion. Listen, I don't, it doesn't matter. We talked about walking in love, and love takes, keeps no record of wrong. Look, I don't care what happened the night before. Hopefully you settled that. But the next morning, come on, you need to be, you need to be speaking love and compassion over there. And parents, your children, this is so vitally important. Don't you let them get out of the house. I don't care how aggravated you are. Listen, i got seven teenagers, so I know. Don't you let them get out of that house. <laughs> don't you let them get out of that house without speaking life over them. I don't care how aggravated you may feel inside. You deal with that on your own in between you and God. But you, you do not, do not continue to speak death and destruction over your children. Amen? Very, very, very important. So, all right, love, words of love and compassion, they, they give you the confidence, all right? They give you the confidence to go out there and defeat the enemy, all right? You're going to win the life's battles, all right? I mean, you think about, I think about Muffin up there. When, when... <laughs> When Muffin meets me at the door before I go to work, she's not standing there. You know, she's not at the door. Hey, hey, come here, come here. Hey, hey, hey. All right, you know, this bill's overdue. This one's due. The car needs $500. The house is falling apart. This, that, and another. No, she doesn't do that. She doesn't. She's a good Muffin. But, she <laughs> but what, she's do, what she does do if she meets me, look, those are situations, I'll just call those out, but we're just like you. We have situations too. We are aware of those. We are aware of what happens in our life, which you should all be aware of what's happening in your life at all times, knowing how to pray. So you need to know where your finances are so you know how to pray to God, how to believe God, to pay off whatever debt or whatever situation in your life. Remember, be specific in your prayers. But <laughs> she meets me with encouragement. All right, and what does that do? Man, that, that, I leave there with a smile. I don't care how beat down I can be from the day before or the night before or whatever. I leave with a smile on my face, the joy in my heart. I mean, it's undescribable. 
All right? And that sets me up to do what? To succeed in everything that I put my hand into that day. All with the power of her words at that time. Power in your words. There's power in your words. And look, if, it, if, you, if you're sitting out there and you may be thinking, I don't know about this, Pastor. I don't know. And there's always people that doubt. Come on. I want you to think about something. And I want you to think about this just for a moment. God created the heavens and the earth. All right? And us, he spoke us into existence with what? With the word. Is that? That's right. Look with me at Genesis 1.1. That's the beginning. <laughs> so if you don't have your Bible, it's on your app. <laughs> but it says right here, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. Verse 6, and God said, let there be a vault. 9, and God said, let the water under the sky. And God said, and God said, and God said. God is speaking it into existence. Man, they're talking about some words with power. Powerful, powerful words. Amen. Glory to God. Why is that significant? Why is that significant? Because if you read on in verse 26, he says, you are made in the likeness and in the image of God. Amen. You are made in the likeness and the image of God. That's why it's significant. Because you see, God is a spirit. And now you're made in his likeness and in his image. That makes you a spirit. Amen. And not just a spirit, but a spirit that speaks. All right? So now think about this. God, just like Stephen said, God created us for fellowship. He created us to commune with him. All right? That's, our, that's why he created us. And then because of Adam's goof up, you know, here we are. But understand, he created us for fellowship. Now, if you're going to fellowship with somebody, you've got to be in the same category. Not the same level. All right? Understand me. You've got to be in the same category. All right? So in order to communicate with God, who is a spirit, we've got to be a spirit. I mean, think about it. I can't go out here and commune with an old cow out in the field. Come on, I'm different. I'm not in the same category. You can't fellowship together. All right. So all that said, I want you to understand that you are a spirit. And you possess creative power that comes with your words. Just like God spoke into existence. You and I and the very thing, that this earth that we walk, spoke it into existence. And look, I want to, I want to do one really quick sidetrack. Now, this does tie to the message, but this is also a whole separate three-Sunday message. But there is part of it that I want to tie in here, and it's very important. And I call this the threefold nature of man. All right, you've got to get a, a hold of this. All right, you've got to get a hold of this. Threefold nature of man. All right, just like you've got to get a hold of the power in your words, you need to understand this. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Think about that. All right? You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. All right? What does that mean? Well, who you are is your spirit, okay? This is the part of you that knows God, all right? This is the part of you that communes with God, all right? Think of it like this. The spirit is the dimension of man that deals with the spiritual realm, all right? It's kind of simple. Now, the soul, that's the dimension of man which deals with the mental realm, all right? 
This is the sensibilities, the will. This is the part of man that reasons or thinks, your mind. Okay? So you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now, the body, of course, that's kind of easy. That's the dimension of man that deals with the physical realm. This is the house that you live in here on earth. Amen? Some of us have better houses than others. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the body. All right? So you may have heard in church there are times where people talk about, oh, don't chase after the flesh, things of the flesh. Well, that's what they're talking about. Because understand, your body wants to satisfy the body. The body does what? It, it, it's your physical senses. It wants you to be comfortable. All right? It wants you to chase after things that may not necessarily be good for you. All right? It can be alcohol. Makes you feel good for a little while. Makes the body happy for a little while. All right? So if you're chasing after the things of the flesh, then you may be going after some things that you don't need to be going after. Amen? So, yeah. Just all that to saying, but the, what I wanted you to get out of that is to understand the fact that you are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body, all right? And God created us to commune with him. God is a spirit. In order to commune with him, you are a spirit, not just a spirit. You are a spirit that has the ability to speak with. The, you possess creative power to be able to speak positively or negatively to things around you to charge the atmosphere around you. Come on. And look, this is a spiritual law that's set in place by God. If you study the scripture and study it out, and I have, God never did anything without saying it first. He didn't do anything. Never. And listen, Ephesians 5.1 literally tells us to be imitators of God. We're to imitate him. All right? We're to imitate it just as the children, just like Ham, just as Ham imitates me. Good job, man. All right? Just like as children imitate their parents. Amen? As, as parents, you should, you should open your eyes. And that's a whole other sermon on that one now, if you're children. But we're to imitate him. But in order to imitate God, you've got to do what? You've got to know how to talk like him. And you've got to know how to act like him. Amen? And understand this. He would not ask you to do anything you're not capable of doing. You're capable of doing this. You're capable all right, you may not want to, and you may remember we talked about everything in the do, to do with your Christian walk is not always going to be easy. Sometimes you've got to put in that little extra effort. You've got to dig in. You've got to work a little harder, but you're capable of doing it. All right? And think about this. When Jesus walked the earth, all right, when he walked the earth, he operated in the faith principles. The faith principles of 11, 20, uh, Mark 11, 22, and even Matthew 17. He did what? He spoke to the wind and the sea? Huh? He spoke to demons? Come on. He spoke to a fig tree. He, I mean, he even spoke to dead people. Now, what do we see? What do we see from all of that? All those situations were obedient to what he said. Amen. And you and I both, we're all called to be imitators of God. Amen. He they was obedient to what he said. He operated in the God kind of faith. And God is a faith God. Amen. Jesus was imitating his father and getting the same results. Imitating his father and getting the same results. You see, in John fourteen twelve, Jesus said, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. You're going to do greater things than him than this. 
you're going to do this. Scripture tells us right here. And look, these principles of faith were based on spiritual laws that God put in place, just like the law of sowing and reaping. You sow and eventually you're going to reap. All right? And you set them. And listen, these will work for anybody. Anybody that will apply them and you set them in motion with the words of your mouth. You set them in motion with the words of your mouth. And if you look at 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, It is written, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. What I want you to see there is that same spirit of faith. All right? Same spirit of faith. Same as who? What spirit of faith? Well, let me tell you, that's the same spirit of faith that was on Moses. That's the same spirit of faith that was on Abraham. The same spirit of faith that was on David when he faced Goliath. Or even Joshua when he looked up said, Son, stand still. That same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that was on Paul, Peter. The same spirit of faith that was on Jesus when he walked this earth and performed miracles. How cool is that? That same spirit that was on them now is on you and I today. Glory be to God. And he tells us right here, he tells us how it works. He tells us, he says, we also believe and therefore we speak. We speak. You can't separate faith from confession. Amen. Believing from speaking. You know, we were discussed. We walk by faith. We live by faith, not by what we see. We walk by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You accepted God. You accepted Jesus Christ by faith. Amen. For your salvation. Amen. So it's very, very important. Speaking your confession is the number one way that you released faith. That is. Faith-filled words. You speak them out of your mouth. And using your words to release your faith, that's how you're going to reign in this world that we're in. And, you know, we talked about how we want you living in victory. We don't need you all the way back here praying from defeat, 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 defeat. Constantly praying for God to to bring me out, bring me out. No, we want you walking in victory. Walking in victory. And in order to do that, you've got to understand the power that's in your words. And listen, I've seen this. I can't tell you how many times. There are people that are waiting on a miracle. They're waiting on a miracle. It can be whatever that situation may be. And all it can take is releasing faith-filled words to get it. I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, and the per- you see the perfect example of this is like what I talked about, the new birth. You believed with your heart and confessed with your mouth. Amen? You believed with your heart and you spoke with your mouth. You know, when you said it with your mouth, you released faith, and the greatest miracle happened. Salvation. Amen. You know, people ask me, why, Pastor, why do you ask people to come down front to receive Christ? Look, it's not to, to make anybody uncomfortable. It's not to, to, uh, uh, to embarrass anybody at all. I don't want to do anything. I love you guys. I want nothing but the best for you. But I need you to come down here. I need to hear you confess it. I need to make sure you understand that you believe it with your heart. So that's how we know that you genuinely have the new birth and accept Christ. Otherwise, we do you an injustice by just doing a broad, central, simple prayer and then putting you out there on the street and you don't know what to do or you don't even know what you just did. Amen. Very, very important. And this is what church is all about anyway. 
You know, it starts with the new birth. And then we teach you how to take the Bible, implement it in your life, and live in this world, and walk in victory. Amen. Glory to God. Glory. All right, I had a little side note there. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So think about it. Do you really want the negative things, and I know the answer to this, that we say all the time, the silly things? Do you want them to come to pass? I don't think so. The power in your words. Think about it. And look, listen, this is why it's so dangerous to get sucked into gossip. All right? This is so, so dangerous. You know, one of the number one reasons that churches split, come on, and I just know this just from talking, from knowing a lot of church history study and have a lot of pastor friends, but one of the number one reasons is gossip. Gossip and murmuring starts in the church. People fall into being a part of it. Come on. And then they begin to speak things out over the church or in the church. Oh, we're never going to do this. We're never going to do that. We're never going to make it here. We're never going to make it there. Come on. And then they speak defeat. And then now you have your people within your church speaking defeat. Amen. Don't fall into gossip. Amen. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then, look, I know I've worked these jobs where you sit in and you go in there and you've got to spend 10 hours sitting there working with somebody. And you're just sitting there. And sometimes you just want to talk. Especially if you're like me, I like to talk. You know, and you don't want to sit there all day and not talk. Well, then they start talking, and then they start gossiping, and the company's never good enough. Come on, I've been there. The company's never good You know, I, what I started doing, I started telling people, look, my ears are not garbage cans, so I don't want to hear your trash. Don't put your trash in here. I don't want to hear it. You know, sometimes you've got to be intentional, and you've got to be bold. Come on. You've got to be bold. <laughs> Now think about this. Matthew twelve thirty six tells us, it says that every idle word, every idle word, we're going to give account. Idle word. Those are just simply words that we speak that we don't believe. They can be frivolous, st- stupid words. Let me just say that. All right. Be very careful what's, what you're confessing, what you're speaking out. All right. Cause, and think about this. God created the physical world with spoken words. Okay. And we create the world or charge the atmosphere around us with the words that we speak. Think about it like this. The atmosphere in your home is a product of what you say. All right? You set everything in motion positively or negatively based on how you speak over your wife, over your husband, over your kids, over your family. Come on. All right? I mean, think about it like this. You can walk in a room, all right? If I walk in here and it's just Wendy and Chelsea in here, all right, and say they've been arguing, you know, because Chelsea's got that side of her, you know. <laughs> I'm just making an example. But seriously, if you walk in that room behind them and they're not, they're not talking, you can see, you can sense it. You can tell they've been arguing, all right. They've charged that atmosphere with the negative words that they spoke out. Amen. They've charged it. And think about it, just as they negatively have charged it, you can also positively charge the atmosphere. This goes back to what I talked about in your house. You can positively charge the atmosphere, okay? And this is why it's important. It's very, very important to learn to speak the right words. Learn to speak words of faith, all right? And learn to speak the word of God. Faith, speak words that build us up. Words that energize us. Words that equip us to go out and to walk in the perfect will and to succeed. In this crazy, crazy world that we walk in. Amen? 
It's very important. And remember this, your confession determines your results in life. Absolutely. Your confession determines your results in life. It does. You Listen, the law of sowing and reaping is there. Just like God sowed His Son into this earth to reap all of us. He did. He sent Jesus Christ here for what? For a bunch of folks that just wasn't worth a... He did. How cool is that? But He set that law in motion right there. Alright? You will eventually have what you say. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And you know, I think about people have asked this question. It's like, where do you find the words? Where do you find the where do you find the words that the truth and what I should think and what I should believe and what I should speak? Right here. You know, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. That relationship. Spending time in the Word of God. Amen. Cultivating that relationship. All right? It's right there. And I love this. God's Word is truth. We know that, right? It's truth. And as this, as you read this, and as you take it all in, truth becomes a part of you. It gets in your spirit, all right? And it gets, to, it gets in your spirit. And listen, what's in you, you begin to speak out. What's in you begins to come out. Kind of like a tube of toothpaste. When you squeeze it, what comes out? Toothpaste. Amen. It comes out. What you get in there, it comes out. Listen, and as you speak God's word, as you speak his words, faith-filled words, all right? When you speak those words, that's when it begins to change your life. Amen. It's up to you to say the right things. And you may be thinking, how do I do that? How do I do that? I want you to do three simple, simple things. And I'm just going to throw them out there. I want you to think on his word. Believe his word. You got to believe. Believe. And speak his word. Think on his word. Believe on his word. And speak his word. If you do those things and you become you make yourself aware of what you're confessing over your life, and what you're confessing and what you're speaking over your family, when you do that, you're gonna st- you charge the atmosphere around you and you're gonna set yourself up for success and for the victory that we need and that we want you to walk in. Amen. Because we need you up here. We don't need you constantly defeated. And listen, I'm gonna touch on Matthew six thirty one really quick. And and the reason I want to touch on this is because it's so, so important. I see it so much in, in just helping people, all right? And that is, it, and I won't read the whole thing for the sake of time, but it says, Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Take no thought saying. That's what I want you to see. A thought becomes yours when you speak it into existence, okay? It becomes yours when you speak it into existence, all right? The words that you say start with a thought in your mind. And it's what you decide to do with that that produces right or wrong words. Let me read that again. The words that you say starts with a thought in your mind. And it's what you decide to do with that that produces right or wrong words. Listen, you can't help what thoughts come to your mind. But what you can do is control your words by not giving life to that thought. All right? Think about it like this. Nobody in this room can control what comes to their mind. All right? Evil things, good things, bad things, they're going to come. I want you to understand they're going to come. But what you can do as a Christian, as a child of God, 
You need to be aware that when they come, you take immediate control of it. You cast those out. You put them behind you. Has no place in my life. Come on. This is the number one way that Satan keeps people defeated. If you're struggling with alcohol, guess what? You're, you're going to be very tempted to follow after your flesh and fall into those t- thoughts that come to your mind because it feels good to get drunk. Come on. Take, be aware of the thoughts that come to your mind. And listen, don't let them sit up there and fester. Don't get up one of them there. Oh, I like, you know, when a thought comes to your mind and it's something you like to give in to every now and then, you know, hmm, man, I'm a, it's not really a bad sin. I just want to give in to it. You let that thought stay up there. Well, it festers and then it grows and now it becomes a big problem. All right, don't do it. You immediately take control of it and you do not speak that thought into existence. Amen? And I want you to write this down. And I want you to keep this by your bedside, keep it somewhere where you can read it every day. I want you to watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Listen, remember this. The Word of God conceived in your spirit. All right? Read, you read it, you conceive it in your spirit. And then formed by your tongue and spoken out of your mouth becomes creative power. It becomes power that can charge the atmosphere around you, positively or negatively. If you think about it, you understand what I'm talking about, positively or negatively. And it will become power for you. And it will work for you. Amen. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. I hope you got something. I know that wasn't just a fun shout and run around, jump the, jump around message. But let me tell you something. It, you need to get a hold of that. Because, you know, too many times we keep ourselves beat down. And I'm going to tell you a, little, a, a quick story. And uh, this one's kind of hard because it kind of kind of set home. I grew up. When I grew up, my mother, I love my mother. She was an awesome woman, but she was, uh, I never remember a time where my mother wasn't ill. She had various sicknesses. And one of her, one main problem was she was what they diagnosed as a brittle diabetic. Nobody within this country could control her blood sugar. She would literally have to check her blood sugar eight to nine times a day. All right, so it was very difficult for her to go places, difficult for her to do things, but she didn't let that stop her. She kept pressing in and kept trying. But the one thing I remember growing up is she always focused on the problem. And it's kind of hard not to when you're in that situation, you know. And just stick with me. But she always focused on that when I was a young child, and she spoke about it constantly. You know, this this disease has got me beat down. This disease has got me pressed against the wall. This disease has got me this disease, this disease, this disease. Well, later on in life, thank God she lived on up to be in her 60s. And uh, it was a hard life. But she told me, when I, after I changed my life around, got saved, and after I graduated from Bible college, she told me, she said, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of what you been sending this, that, and the other. And she said, I got a hold of something. I said, what was that? She said, I've been speaking 
death over my life, my entire life. She told me that. And I said, yeah, Mom, you did. Yeah, there were times you did. You know how many, you know, you don't want them. She's in this situation. And she told me this. When uh, she had already been in the hospital, it was close to for her before her passing. And uh, she said, I, I believe I would have done it different if I looked back. But I'll never forget it. And I want to read something with you right quick. It won't take just a second. But she was she was speaking death over her life the whole time. And it was amazing that she realized that. But I want to read something out of Mark 11.22. Really quick here. Just stay with me. 11.22, it says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive, you have believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen. You know, too many times people are so focused on the problem. God tells us right there, that was Jesus speaking. That's his word, that is no lie. All right, scripture doesn't lie. Too many times we're speaking the problem, just like what I told you, instead of speaking life. All right, it doesn't make the problem, doesn't mean the problem doesn't exist. Now, this is where people struggle with this. All right, you speak life over it while you're going through the situation. Look, things don't happen instantaneously. All right, but you've got to choose. You're either going to ball up into a fetal position and get kicked under the bed, or you're going to fight this thing out. So you're going to choose. You're going to choose to speak life over you, over your sickness, over your situation, no matter what. You've got to, you've got to determine this. Amen? And you speak positively over your situation. Don't speak the problem. Don't speak defeat. Speak life over your situation. You know, don't speak the problem. Speak the answer. Amen? Glory to God. All right. I think we got a quick video I want to show for you guys. I'll tell you what, something I want to do really quick. Mike, can you and Amanda come up here really quick? I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to. I don't know how many more weekends we have with you, and I don't want to miss this at all. Definitely not. You know, where is Miss, where's Kate? Oh, there's a come on up here. Now, this is a precious family, and uh, we're so happy you guys are with us. And, you know, they came, how, how long were you at Auburn Fellowship? A couple months? Yeah. It wasn't very long. Yeah. And th- th- for those of you that don't know, he's in the military, and, and Mike is about to be deployed for how long? It's supposed to be nine months. It's supposed to be nine months. Be nine months. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. You know, we're, that's exactly right. You know, all right. Well, we, you know, we're going to, we, we want to pray with them. All right. As a family, as a church family, we're glad that you guys chose to stick with us through this whole transition, this whole change. You know, we, want, we, we definitely want to pray for protection and safety and everything and for you. And I want you to understand as a church and as your pastor, we're going to do all we can for your family while they're going. They're going to be in a comfortable place, okay? We're going to do all we can for them. So we're going to pray right quick. And Stephen, will you come up? And if everybody, I want you just to reach one hand out. And what does that do? And that's just a sign of agreement for me, okay? Just a sign of agreement. That's all it is. Nothing spooky-pooky. It's just a sign of agreement, all right? So let us pray.
Father, we just thank you for this precious family. This is precious, and they are awesome, Lord. And thank you for bringing them to us, Lord. And, Lord, we just praise you for everything that you do, Lord. And, Lord, we speak life over them. And, Lord, as, as Mike goes out, Lord, we pray that you send ministering spirits. You send your angels to go out. You go, they go forth, and they make a way. They open doors that need to be opened, Lord. And I pray that you send favor, favor with every person and everything that he comes in contact with. Nothing but the best. He, this family, they are your children. They are your children and you want nothing but the best for them and we pray for nothing but protection safety and Lord Holy Spirit I pray that you come on and give him wisdom wisdom to help him make the right choices and the right decisions Lord and Holy Spirit give them the peace and the joy to deal with this situation we understand that it's not easy it's not easy to be separated from your family Lord give them the peace and the joy to make this and to go through this Lord and Father as we go forth Lord you help us as a church family to look after the you look to look after Miss Amanda and Kate Lord to keep our eyes on them, Lord, and to, and to help them and to meet them anywhere they may need, Lord, and to encourage them when they need encouragement. And, Lord, and just to lift them up and speak life over them. And, Lord, would you give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you for you. your service, man. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Very, very welcome. You know, that's, I was hoping Tony would be here today. You know, he's been deployed quite a few times, and so he understands. I like to have Tony pray for of the military families when when we do do that, you know. So anyway, thank you so much for your service, Mike. Absolutely. You know, we would. You know, I could get on a soapbox on that, but I mean, we wouldn't. America wouldn't be what it wasn't what it is if it wasn't for men like them. You know, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have the freedoms. So. Anyway, I got a, a little video I want everybody to see. Right. Amen. Amen. So if you haven't heard, the great Billy Graham passed away. And I'm going to tell you, you know, you may be thinking, why didn't you show this video? We're not Baptists. <laughs> Listen, that man impacted so many people, so many churches. So, oh, it's just unbelievable. I listened to many, many, many of his messages, many of his messages. Still listen to him today. And the greatest thing about Billy Graham is, is the simplicity of the message. He made it simple. You know, it's too many times man puts their input into things and we overcomplicate it. You know, if you study church history, even to why denominational splits and denominational startups and, and this, that, all, a lot of that comes from man's input, man's opinion. Sometimes it's justified, sometimes it's not. But Billy Graham kept it simple, very simple. And I think that's what we need to do in this day and age. You know, let's just make it simple. You know, church is about new believers, the new birth. We talked about that. It's about people coming to know Christ so they get the the eternal life. I mean, what greater gift is that? You get an eternity. I mean, there's nothing better that you can ever get at Christmas time or anything. You cannot give a gift any greater than that. You know, so my hat's off to it. You know, I, I think a lot of him. I really do. I appreciate everything he did, and I love his messages. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start today. You know, if there's anybody in here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come talk to me. All right? Come talk to me. I want to pray with you. I don't want you to leave this building. Listen, it's very important. You know, this is life we're talking about. This is life. 
all right? And, and, and this can also be the, whether or not you walk into the victory that you need to be walking in. So if anybody needs to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or maybe you, you've accepted Christ, but maybe you slid back. Come on, I think almost everybody has probably done that at some point in their life. It's not God's best. All right, but if you've done that, come talk to me. You know, I won't call you down right now, but I will be up here and I want you to come after the service and come talk to me. And one thing that really jumped out with me during the service today is I talked about understanding and, and developing your relationship with Jesus Christ and spending time in your Word. All right? Something jumped out at me. A lot of you know that I didn't get saved until 25 and I was a party animal. And that's all, you know, I'm not giving glory to those times. I didn't live right. But I remember one time somebody told me, he said, you need a relationship with Christ and you need to read this word. You need to read his word. They gave me a King James Bible. I've never seen a Bible other than just one on a coffee table. I opened that thing up. Man, after the third or fourth thee or thou, I was like, nah. I threw it aside. You know, some of that was the enemy trying to stop me from wanting to get into it. But a lot of that was the fact that, no, I couldn't, I couldn't rationalize any of that. I couldn't, under, I couldn't understand it. If there's anybody in here and you're struggling with making that transition to diving into your Word of God, come see me. Because I, I'm not going to pray for you. I want to put, I got a Bible that I can put in your hand that you can understand. It has questions listed out. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Everything. It was put in my hand when I was 25 years old and it's what I got saved with. Amen? It creates, it turns the Bible into a story that makes it so easy to understand. Because listen, that's so vitally important. If you can't build or develop that relationship with Jesus Christ, you're never going to succeed. You're never going to make it. And listen, if I can do that, if I can put a Bible in your hand to help you understand or help you read it, come on, I will do it. I don't care what it costs or what it, you know, what we have to do. I, you know, I want the best for you. God wants the best for you. So, anyway, that being said. So I'm going to say a really quick prayer. And if any of that registered with you, I want you to come see me after service. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We just thank you for everybody here. And I thank you that, I thank you that they came expecting. And I thank you that they received the word of God. That, and they received what, I, what you said through me. And, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be in front of them. I thank you for every day. And, Lord, I speak nothing but life over this church. Life. Because, you know, we're going to love you. We're going to lead people. We're going to grow disciples. And we're going to win the world, Lord. We know you called us to start this church and to plant this church to make a difference, Lord. And, Lord, I speak life over these people. And I speak nothing but the best. And, Lord, I speak love and peace and joy. And, Father, I pray that you go out before all of these people. You know their situations. You know what they're dealing with. And I'm the Holy Spirit, I pray that you come in now and you come, drop on them and you fill them with your wisdom to understand and your understanding to deal with your, their situations that they're going through. Whatever they're faced. Whatever the enemy's trying to throw against them, Lord. Give them direction, Lord. And Lord, we just praise you for everything that you've done. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right. Thank you.